Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out What is it about using hand sanitizer all the time that makes me think I don't have to shower? <laughs> you know, you're just like, I'm good. It's like, no, you're not at all. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're fucking disgusting. <laughs> In my hands, I was sitting there hearing him. His ass is dirty, but his hands are clean. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I guess like if you're Did you have the- that chamber? That's, that, that's a good I did not segue. have that chamber. Uh, okay, okay. Talking about dirty people <laughs> dirty ass and dirt and dirty asses let's talk about the jam band scene circa <laughs> late 1990s early aughts that's a dirty oh, yes. fucking even thing to bring up what's uh what would you say is the first jam band concert you went to neil mine was definitely i was introduced with the allman brothers we went every summer like when i was in high school uh 94 95 because it was uh, it was great blues band like I loved them my parents loved them we, it was like yeah let's go to the Allman Brothers but you also got this extra crazy thing when you're in high school to see like a jam scene you know it wasn't quite the dead or fish but it still had the same quality yeah I don't I, I know they are a jammy band I just don't associate them with I hear the, when I say jam band scene although I understand that they they are in that I mean like that's they're a jam band. There's a slight. I know what you mean. They're, they're, his a little more blues based. They're more like a, a like a the way a jazz band would jam on something and expand something. Yeah. Versus just like. But but to your point, Neil. There's. I'm just saying. I think that's why maybe Josh doesn't associate them because they don't. They're not like all, you know, hippy dippy. Okay. Yes, I hear you. I'm thinking like just jam parking lot scene, like rock and roll, like jam concert. You know what I mean? Like. I was yeah. introduced to all the Almond Brothers in just kind of like a hippie kind of, oh, we're all here a couple hours yeah. early to see the show. We're all going to rock out, smoke some weed. Just this scene in general. Oh, they, For sure. They, they jam. Jonathan, what's your, uh, what's, what's your first experience? Well, I mean, I actually experience. got to see The Dead with Garcia, I think my senior year. My really? Buddy got, my buddy got tickets. And he's like, do you want to go? And I was like, I mean, not like, do you want to go? He's like, I got his tickets because he kind of turned me on to The Dead through his... uh through his older cousin who's in college and stuff. You know, we went and we saw him in Charlotte and at that point and, and there for a good while, you know, even, you know, through college and stuff, I was thought it was very cool. It was like, I can never hundred percent commit to that just cause it didn't totally feel authentic, but like, I definitely, I mean, I definitely dug it. I dug the scene of that. And it's definitely one of those things where you felt like the cool kids kind of thing. But then, but there again, like then I got like once and then in college, I kind of really got, into the stones as well. And I was like, well, the music's good no matter what, but I'd rather dress and travel and hang out the way the stones do than the fucking dead do. Like <laughs> I'd rather be on a fucking plane in velvet and fucking, you know, uh, drinking champagne and doing that. You want fish and chips and not grilled cheese is what you're and saying. Not, and not fish. Right. F I S H. Exactly. I definitely, I, I, I thought it was cool. I was a bit enamored with it there for a while. 
my first experience being from Mississippi in that scene is was definitely widespread panic at Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium when I was like I don't know a junior in high school maybe uh, I was with my brother who was sweating so much and just hippie dancing just doing that like oh my god hand out air keys shaking his head like no air keys. I love it. Well, what was so crazy about it was I was probably 16, 17, and I have older siblings that are like 10 years older than me, and whatever. They weren't, looking back on it now, these folks were not that old then, but like to me, they were like, holy shit, you're like 27. For sure. There were so many people from my hometown at the show, and like all just kind of standing together, and all kind of fucked up, you know, with the fucking bug eyes, and I'm just like, you know, probably hit a joint or something while I was there, was drinking beer. I was just like, this is, this doesn't strike me as fun. And, and that the band, I mean, Panic is, is fine. I like the guy's voice. Some of their songs are really good. But the guitar player basically was playing the same fucking solo every single Like, his <laughs> yes, guitar just sounded the sure same. Was. And sure so was. it was just like Sitting after. On the stool. The one thing about jam shows is just like there's two <clears throat> sets. They play forever. Unless you're on drugs, really, it's not that awesome. Well, are you talking about Panic or jam in general. I'm talking jam and jam. Like, no, oh, give me a break. Nobody, like, give I, there's, me a never, break. there's never a show that I'm just like drunk or sober that goes over three hours and I'm like, yeah, I still want to be here. Okay. You're doing it wrong. Uh, doing what wrong? <laughs> that's what I just said. Unless <laughs> yeah, you're on drugs. That's the point, right? <laughs> unless you're on drugs. My first week in college, my, my buddy, uh, I won't name him, but he he's like, yo, dude, I got some ecstasy. Uh, I, I got tickets to the Disco Biscuits at, I can't remember what little club in Boston the they were playing. Disco Biscuits, yeah. <laughs> we I saw went. them in Boone, by the way. <laughs> the, I mean, I had a great time, obviously. I took two pills of ecstasy. It was the first time I'd done ecstasy. And you didn't have you, a choice but to have a good time. Although, there was a weird, because when you're in small clubs, like, and you're on drugs, and you'll, like, look, you're kind of aware of what's going on around you. And I swear, like, at the show, I still remember, there was this, like, kind of small, like, tweaky-looking kid. That was just giving me the eye, like, oh I want to fucking kill you. Uh, it was probably in my head, but, like, it's definitely one of those things. Oh, my God. You have such a dark experience. Like, so. No, I had a great time. I had a great time. But I'm saying just jam music in general. Like, are you saying that you wouldn't want to be, like, at a dead show for three hours? If it went over three hours, you'd be, like, looking at your watch, like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Because I mean, the dead, I mean, that is the the pinnacle I, of. I'm not talking about the dead in the 70s. I'm talking. I saw the other ones. You're in talking college about the, the disco Center, biscuits and they played like widespread panic. Two hours. Like that's two not and a, half a good. Representation. I'm talking about any. I, I saw fish at, at the at the bowl. Like any any show that goes on for like even if like Zeppelin was playing for three hours, I'd probably be like, all right, I'm good. Two two and a half hours. It's like when it's like if you watch a Netflix movie these days and you're like, well, okay, this it, would be decent if it was an hour and a half. No, but no, I mean, it's two hours and fifteen minutes. There's a lot of jam shows that are two hours long. It's it's more about the music, the the songs that are going on in that two hours. Are are you just saying they're too long? Yes. I'm saying I'm not saying they're they're bad. I'm sure that Disco Biscuits show was probably an hour and a half, two hours, you know? I mean, and still probably longer than it should have been. You know, I mean, they're not a band that should be going for three hours, but, like... (laughs) Did you prefer the disco or the biscuit element of the show more? I enjoyed the biscuits I had eaten (laughs) the most. Not so much the disco. (laughs) Now, does any show i mean neil i know you've talked about big cypress on mm-hmm. on this pod mm-hmm. before the fish show but is there any like jam show that especially stands out as like that was amazing my issue is the the, the advantage the dead have and and i think fish has this to a large extent over most bands but the dead definitely hold the record is they just have so many good songs 
so they can stretch great songs out. A lot of folks, if some band, like, I know their thing is they're just going to go out there and play a song for 20 minutes, come hell or high water. Rarely does that go well for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, now if it's they're the dead, obviously Fish can do that kind of thing. So to me, I feel like a lot of bands or maybe even a lot of fans of jam bands can't tell the difference between jamming and not stopping the fucking song. Absolutely. Like those are not the same thing. That's like there was a big band in this. I don't know if y'all know this band, but when I was in college and even my brother was at, at Alabama, there was a band called Sound Tribe Sector 9. They ended up changing it to STS 9. But they were like, <laughs> STS nine sounds, sounds like, like a, a fucking, fucking planet on aliens or a bad disease. STS nine positive. I, I would not be surprised <laughs> if they didn't have a song called Bad Disease. But like, I remember the last time I saw them play was at some club in Boston, and I left like midway through the second set. I was like, okay, this sounds exactly like the first set. It just sounded like one long song, like you right. said, John. It was just like, okay, it's kind of cool what they're doing for ten minutes, and then like for an hour, I'm out. Okay. Josh, I've come back around. I've come I've come full circle here. I get what you're saying. Because the only bands that I think can jam in general on the kind of level we're talking about or the scene is Fish and the Dead. Like, And I get why you don't like Fish, but those are the only two. Anyone else, the Almond Brothers, they do their own thing. It's That's not like jammy jam music. Yeah. Anything other than the best of the best, like jam music, you either want just the cream of the crop or the rest is garbage. Well, so one, one caveat, <laughs> one caveat. Uh, also freshman year, actually, this was the week, second week of college. I went to see Mo Dot at the Orpheum <laughs> in Mo Boston. Dot. Why do you Comes say Mo up Dot? Again. It's uh, it whatever, was, Mo. No, it wasn't. They were Mo, it's not Mo. Mo Dot. They're the first person I ever heard They had the dot at the end of it, so I always Mo like to call Dot. Mo Dot. But Mo Dot. Um, <laughs> they played, the, so when I went to college, it was on September 4th. I like I got to Boston from Mississippi September 4th, 2001. 9-11 obviously happened the the next week. Yikes. And then that next Saturday, I had Mo tickets at the Orpheum with Mo some dot buddies. Tickets? Mo Dot, baby. So you had some, and then you got Mo. And then I got Mo. <laughs> I got a couple Mo. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. A couple Mo tickets. So uh, have, how many did you have at first? Like, when do we have two? So I, but I got a couple Mo. But how many, right, but how many do we have now? What's the total? <laughs> two. But you said you get two Mo. <laughs> That's so awesome. they come out and the you've been to, like an or all the Orpheum theaters look the same, you know, they have the big curtains and they go back and there is a stage size American flag like taking up the entire back and they come out and they had this pretty good song called Captain America and they just go right into it. <laughs> they, they had this pretty good song called Captain America. They were pretty good. Yeah, wait, they they had a couple of good songs. They were better than like the Disco Biscuits or String Cheese or STS9. Yeah, Umphreys McGee. Umphreys. I mean, Umphreys <laughs> is fine, but like, I, I wouldn't want to go to an Umphreys show. Yeah, it's it's a level above the your average champion. It, so it's it's a level above String Cheese, but a level below <laughs> Panic. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know. Panic. I don't even know if Panic's on my meter. No, I like Panic. Panic has, Panic has some good shit. I don't know about their your jams, jam meter. They have, they have some good songs. <laughs> There's not a Panic setting on it's my not jam meter. <laughs> The thing that really, I think, turned me off from the jam scene was that they're always so fucking positive about everything. Like, everything's <laughs> the fucking best. I'm like, this is not the best. And, like, when they say that, I'm either, you, you know, I'm, like, always, like, either you can't fucking tell good from bad or you're bullshitting me. Or you're just super high. <laughs> or that. But either way, it's just, everything's <laughs> always the best. And, like, there's never any, like, 
just there's so many criticism of everything. Like this is I don't trust anybody who doesn't criticize anything. And my my least favorite thing about the jam scene is like the oh, dude they did this killer like so and so into in the tube into like ice freeze <laughs> into like Saint John's Castle into like <laughs> back John's into ice freeze Castle. back These into are some tube. amazing made up jam songs. <laughs> well, the thing that kills me is like they'll list all the songs that they did, and this one they I will give sh- fish a little shit uh, fish a little shit on this is that like. They're like, yeah, they played this fucking acapella version of like fucking Freebird. I'm like, yeah, it was fucking atrocious. <laughs> so bad. Why would you like do so? That? A band that's not known for singing <laughs> right. is going to play an acapella version of like a like a, a, a legendary rock and roll song. It's like, yeah, that's that's hey, exactly then, what they and, should do. And in the process, demonstrated why no one has ever fucking done that before because <laughs> it's a terrible idea. But my, but my point is not the fish did it. The point that folks are like, just the fact that they saw it. It's like a baseball card. Like, ooh, I've got this fucking fish. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I think the first time I saw Fish, they covered uh, Tub Thumping. I get knocked down and I get up again. Oh my God. Like, and and the crowd was like, was oh, like my God. oh my God, they're doing it. <laughs> I, I will tell you something though that's worse. That I was kind of like, what the fuck? But like, I, I forgave them. But then for you the were, rest you of the were show. high enough to be like, yeah. No, I just, they, they played so much other good stuff. Like, I, I forgave them. I, I appreciated the randomness of it, but that was about it. And on that note, you are listening to Pie Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week, we are talking about the jam scene. The jam scene. Because this week, we are discussing the Grateful Dead's Brown Eyed Women, first released on Europe 72. I think it's about time we talk about the Grateful Dead. Yeah, and just Europe 72 and this song in particular is just so good. It's kind of the dead at their peak. I think this is some of Jerry's best uh, storytelling uh, with his voice and guitar. He's always kind of telling a story just the way he plays guitar. It's very unique for uh, and kind of distinct for a simple song. It's very simple, but like it kind of sound. it doesn't sound complicated. It just sounds sophisticated in a way. And I just love the history and romance of the past in this song. It somehow takes this super shitty life and, you know, makes it seem desirable. It's a bad story, but yeah. it sounds like fun. It's romanticized. Yeah, This song is actually a, one of the few songs I think we've ever done. I have a hard time talking about it. And I have a hard time talking about it. I mean, I can talk about it all day, but I have a hard time making any kind of point with it. Because I realize I listen to this whole album so much that like this like it just all runs together for me and this song is just like a vibe like i don't even really know half the words the chorus is one of my favorites i mean i know them but i don't know them in any cohesive narrative but and it's it's like it's but what makes the dead so unique where it's like no one else sounds like this but this almost you could say it sounds generic if you wanted to take a negative view of it because there's nothing, but yet it's in. It is the essence of the Grateful Dead. Where, no, I don't mean that. I mean, I don't mean. I mean, it's like they're using the same things everyone else is using, and they're doing something no one else can do. Which to me is the highest level of art. Because there's no with Hendrix, you can be like, well, yeah, I mean, nobody can play like Hendrix. Or with Queen, you can be like, no one can sing like Freddie Mercury. But with this, it's like, well, we can kind of <laughs> all do this, but we can't do this. And it's and even listening to the vibe of the song. It's just a mood that comes over me, and it's one of my favorite moods. Um, you know, and so to me, this song is 
just it's a feeling and it's a cool feeling it's but it's like a feeling in the sense that it's non-specific it's not descriptive it's just like a vibe it's like a hodgepodge Mm -hmm. of fun american storytelling romanticism yeah i first heard this on 70 on europe 72 probably in college but maybe in high school i mean it's one of my favorite albums definitely what I'm going to put on if I'm going to listen to The Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. And the thing that stands out about this song in particular for me is I used to sing this in my apartment with my roommate Jeff while he played it on the keys in, in college. It is such a fun song to sing. And it's got such a nice campfire melody. It, and like you said, Jonathan, to me it's like a perfect representation of their like Western you know what most would call americana now like it's roots music but it's 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 based in the west it's not right. appalachia shit it, it's like this frontier mentality right yeah, it's good and, and with they're the way they play music it like i think I don't, I don't i don't know if we've talked about this before it's like this weird psychedelic western yeah. like brand of storytelling that they personify and this song is just a perfect encapsulation yeah, of that to hit yeah. on what you said it is so fun to sing i mean every, you can almost not sing it when it comes on just the it's so good and especially on europe 72 how they hit it they hit it so hard every time and jonathan just to your point of it being generic i mean i can see because there's not a it's it, it is one big vibe Nothing stands out because it's all so well weaved together. Like it's it's just one vibe. I, I kind of know what you're talking about with that. But yeah, and I don't mean generic in a bad way. But, I mean they're playing with the same tools everybody else has. But I would also like, argue that it's just it's so unique. Like just that riff. That, that's and my the, point. The vibe, exactly. Maybe the vibe is super unique. Just it, like the way they are that's doing that saying. psychedelic western kind of like they have the same shit everybody just else does. Gritty sound. Well, and that's the thing, Josh. I really like that front front here is good because. You know, I was watching something, it might have been the West, the Ken Burns thing, and they were saying that, like, California introduced the concept of finding success out of failure to the United yeah. States. Whereas back, because back east, either you're kind of born well off and you're good, or you're born poor and you're kind of fucked. Whereas out here, <laughs> California, and it's, yeah, it's not even like trying hard, it's like trying hard, failing cat- catastrophically, and then going back and winning. It kind of still had that British caste system, right. you know, east of the Mississippi. But that's yeah. what the gold rush did, and that's because people are like, you just keep going after it, keep going. And it's funny you said that because I was been watching Deadwood, and I was like, this feels oh, God. Deadwood all timer. Like, oh my God, it's so Deadwood. It's so fucking Deadwood. Yeah, yeah, certainly. <laughs> it, which is, but it's like a few more cocksuckers in Deadwood. The, you know, like, I mean, words. I don't not know. People. There's some cocksuckers in this world for sure. I mean, and, I mean the actual word <laughs> cocksucker, not like <laughs> just. You you know you were saying how you just keep going and going, and that that's what this song's about. Like every verse, some shitty stuff's happening, and then it comes back to just brown-eyed women and red grenadine. But then he goes back into just how he's gonna drink down a bottle and be ready to kill. It's all so dark. Just, it, it, I mean, it, it just reflects the hard scrabble life of the frontier. I mean, it's not, it doesn't try to pretty it up. Yeah, it's cool. I never thought about it this way, but what the Grateful Dead have, and I don't think I've ever said this about any band, they have a casual intensity, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. sounds like it doesn't make sense. Specific. They're, <laughs> they're so chill and they're so crushing it. And I think what it is, most 
western type songs country country songs they're they're archetypal they're like i lost my baby i lost my job fucking whatever they're 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 of a theme and these songs are very first person like storytelling complicated don't really quite get it all it's like this song feels like one of those hundred grateful dead posters like that the hundred grateful dead songs this one song feels like a hundred scenes and they have their feet in tradition but they're innovative within that tradition they're creating new shit and at the time that's exactly what they were doing now it, what's funny about this, Jonathan? You say Deadwood. When I when I hear it, it, it also I'm like, this is like some Oregon Trail shit as well, you know. Yeah. But this is, but it takes place in the 20s yeah, and 30s, like, like which is way Bowl. after those two. I mean, versus times. like Black Sabbath, which is more like the Donner Party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite parts about this song is is just the the songwriting and storytelling. It was it was a great point of uh, Robert Hunter's kind of lyrics. You know, and just on Europe 72, it feels like almost a suite of these kind of songs. You know, with Tennessee Jed. Absolutely. And uh, Ramble on Rose, all those where, you know, and it, like... Jack it, Yeah, well, and just the way Hunter writes and is always weaving in these familiar characters. Like, this is talking about Jack. There's so many songs about Jack, and it feels like it's just so the dead and such a cool story all at the same time. And, and done so well on Europe 72, it's kind of infectious. My, my favorite thing about the storytelling in this, I, you know, it, it's not the most profound, but 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 the structure is super unique. And it, it, it kind of reminds me of Poncho and Lefty a little bit in that. And it's a little different as well in that it brings you in and out with the same verse chorus. Mm-hmm. Right. That they, they, they bring you into and escort you out of like this kind of hard knuckle, chaotic frontier life. And then, and then there's just hard luck story in, in, mm-hmm. in the middle. Yeah, Totally. It's just a really nice picture of, of of a world that they bring to life so well in, in in the song. My dad used to always use the phrase like the old west, right? But this yeah. is like the new west. Absolutely. It's the same place and it's the same traditions, but it's a different type of storytelling. It's not so if like some John Wayne movie was a World War movie, and then this like platoon is like fucking complicated, right? Like this is like mm-hmm. the platoon of Americana. The way they bring you into this world is gone are the days when the ox fall down, take up the yoke, and plow the fields around. It's almost like gone are these like polite days, you know? Gone are the days when the lady said, "Please, Gentle Jack Jones, when you come into me." And then the brown when it starts into the brown eyed women, it's like this is whiskey, and this is like women. You know, it, it gets it gets dirty, but what they're singing right there sounds like so yes, much fun yes, at the same time. You could argue that there may be a little, and that is very, let's be clear, it's very beautiful. It's undeniably Robert Hunter is incredible, and this is because this is like Dylan esque, but not quite that wild. But it's in that direction. It's that descriptive. Uh-huh. But it's um, it's it, 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 it's a little, you, you could, there could be some gibberishness in there where you're just saying a bunch of cool words that people will make their own story out of. I mean, I'm not saying it's as simple as that. But you start talking about whiskey and fucking brown eye women and this, it, you can't really. It's gonna sound pretty cool. But then, 1920. So 1920, the when when things were taken off, prohibition mm-hmm. was still mm-hmm. going on. This is how we're making our money now, not by the ox. And then 1930, yeah, everything the crashed. You know, and yeah, you find out his wife dies later, but 
But that it's like, now we're entering the world of Prohibition. Like, this is what it was like in the 20s. He's taking you to a very specific place in time and, and doing it well. I don't know how much you can really make up outside oh, of so that. Is this, so this isn't Frontier as much as, this is like River Runs Through It. Yeah, that era where there are cars, but it, like, not tons of them. I'm thinking Tennessee, though. And that's what's so cool about how the Grateful Dead do their thing. Because this, this could be anywhere in yes, America yes. at this time. But it sounds distinctly and Western. Like you were to, saying, to Jonathan, just the generic quality. It is just a story about everyone. Right. At, you know, like just taking little parts from all these stories and this mashing them into one. F- this is a yeah. really romanticized, horrible story that sounds like a great time. Let me, let me ask you this. So, what, Jonathan, what, what is your favorite line in the song? Well, I mean, the chorus is the most, that's the thing that. Not melodically, what's your favorite line? Well, then once again, the favorite words? Yeah. Like my favorite words. They're all cool. It's just, that's my problem with the song. It just, it's like awesome soup. Like, I'm just happy. I'm not trying to figure out what part of the soup I'm in. I'm like, I don't know. Every part of it, like every little snippet, Delilah Jones went to meet her God and the old man was never, never was. I mean, stun, what was it? Rumble Down Shack and Bigfoot, whatever. I mean, it's, every word is like a little cool. Yeah. Tumble, cha- tumble Down Shack and Bigfoot yeah, County. I made whiskey, made it. I mean, it's all just a bunch of cool sounding yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I love. Neil, Neil, I love what you that got? line and just how that bridge comes in. It's so big. Tumble down, shag. Like, it's great. For me, the best, like, I love the Deli- when he introduces Delilah mm-hmm. with Delilah Jones was the mother of twins, two times over and the rest yeah, were yeah. sins. Raised eight boys, only I turned bad. Didn't get yes, the lickings yes. that the other ones had. And that's a very, that's like a callback to Merle. Mama tried. And that's like, it's like a little bitty well, so like callback that to that there. tune. There's a lot of that yeah, kind it, of. It, it, and, Great, which again, another Western country guy. Delilah Jones was the mother of twins. Two times over and the rest My favorite part in general, just the music and lyrics, is just the intro. It comes in so strong and unique. You know exactly what it is, that little riff, and just gone are the days you're like just shot into that world immediately. Absolutely. I mean the the music part, I mean it's it's different. I mean, specifically on the 72 version, it sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, coming in, it sounds fantastic. It's hit or miss on some of the other ones. But like, like you said, now, I mean, it really brings you in to the word, to the message. And and then I just can't get over how much fun this Like you said, I think one of y'all said earlier, like, kind of in that same vein of Tennessee Jed and Ramble mm-hmm. and Rose. Mm-hmm. Also songs that are very oh, yeah, fun to yeah, sing. So good. And that's the great thing because it was Hunter with the lyrics and the way Jerry could bring them to life even more, you know, and make them catchy. It's like back in the day, they had all these just tales of the old West, like Buffalo Bill, Mm -hmm. these just kind of like narratives. And that's what this is like the comic. This is like a a, a graphic novel, but like from the 60s. I was going to say that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. There, there's not much. There's not much humor in it. I mean, it's 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 pretty serious and like. There's charm though, but there's charm. there's charm. Absolutely. The way they word it, well, there's a lot of charm it, there. It's complex. Like, yeah. It's like good wine. There's a bunch of different fucking and late, like it's sophisticated. And you don't know exactly where the story's going. Like he he introduces Delilah halfway mm-hmm. through the song. And it is so visual. Like you can see all these yeah. little snippets as a one comic page. You know what I mean? Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I almost feel like we have gone a little too long before we... You mentioned it earlier, but the bridge. Also, very sad, and it goes to a minor there, but still very fun oh, to man, sing. so fun to sing. And almost like, 
it's not as sad as it should be to because see because it. it doesn't feel that it feels like a comic book that way where there's not the 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 gravity of the situation it doesn't truly feel real it feels like made up stories it does for me it doesn't mm-hmm. feel real yeah. like a real story it feels like yeah made up stories so you don't feel it as, is, yeah. i mean it is a it's made tragic up story. it's tragic <laughs> but it's not viscerally sad like yeah I'm so well that's why it's fun cry. to sing because it's like delilah jones went to meet her god it's drama and the old man never was the but, same but, no, again. But, <laughs> but but the cool but the, the cool thing they do in both the chorus and the bridge is and, and in different ways where it's brown-eyed women just gets mm-hmm. like sores of like and then it kind of swirls down you know at the end mm-hmm. of that of, mm-hmm. of the chorus right so and the thing though it doesn't go all the way up it, it's just kind of like shaking a little bit you know tumble down shack it, yeah. it feels like your own not solid ground mm-hmm. which is not really sad but it's it's still kind of fun to sing and then that really tum- that really swirls down with uh well, you know, and it's just a cool way to put it tumble down shack you know well yeah it's, it's every the walls are fucking mm-hmm. falling this song has texture Absolutely, like yeah. it's woven, but and it's like it's and it's almost like a like burlap. Somewhere. Parts of it are rough and shit, but like it's it's like you know like leather and wood and like of that era. It just has that, and it's and they're doing that with the same fucking chords and the same sounds everyone else has. Mm-hmm. That's what's so amazing. It's like you know, it's like they gave me clay, I built a fucking ashtray. You give them clay, they built the fucking I don't know, you know, the fucking Venus de Milo or whatever. I'm just mm-hmm. like. I'm making <laughs> ashtrays over here with Mike Clay. <laughs> what? When, but no, that's also that. But that's what the dead do in, time in and general, time and time really. Again. But specific to America and them being a very American band, they're it, an it's American just like all, band. <laughs> there's almost a joy to the melody that contrasts with the kind of hard knock life in the song, and it, it's the same thing of like the optimism of most Americans. And well, what was then, if you read about this boundless view of the frontier and all the hope it promised, when in reality, it was pretty harsh on the ground. And they convey that pretty well in this song, I think. I think mm-hmm. the words are serious, but the tonality is playful. Yeah. Which is why it feels the, like yes, a comic book. But, but it's, it's about serious. It's about how hard life was in this time. It doesn't feel like they've actually yes. experienced because they didn't. Yeah. And that's fine, though. That's okay, uh, though. Eh. That's okay, though. Okay, and that's just fair. to the melody and the way it's played. I mean, specifically this version that's so slow and deliberate. Like Jerry's not bouncing all over the place. He's still classic, kind of his sound, but just sticking to kind of the melody and just making that shine and not trying to do too much. I love how this version is so just slow and sad. This was their first tour, really playing yeah, all these songs, yeah. right? I mean, I'm not, this this debuted in '71. Them playing this yeah, song, yeah, but this is the only but, really official. There's no album version. Yeah, it, it was released on this, but even that whole mm-hmm, suite mm-hmm. of songs you are talking about: mm-hmm. Jack Straw, Tennessee Jed, Ramble yeah, and Rose. I think Hunter was on a heater. It, well, well, if you but if you listen to Europe '72, you know, I mean, they have some really like bluesy yeah. stuff that they used to do, and this is just mm-hmm. different. This is like a new phase that they're. This they're is that Jack Straw Direwolf, mm-hmm. that yeah. that essence. Um, it's kind of them finding themselves, and I love it. Except for maybe like help on the way and a couple other tunes, I love what Phil Lesh is doing. Like he is just writing the perfect. The bass note just pops out and just takes up a certain space. It's key points of the song. It's like boom, 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 and you hear that for a little bit. Then you listen to, and your your focus is always shifting. 
to another performer. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the harmonies, it's just, but like, so I really like what Lesh is doing on this too. Yeah, I do too. I love how on this recording, it's so out front, you know, you can, you can hear it. It's, it's more than bass. It's part of like the kind of higher end experience as well. He, he's doing the little walk, walk up. They're all, they're all kind of like, doing dun, it. Dun, dun. Um, yeah. That's one of the yeah. coolest things about this too, is just that bump, bump. It's, it's so, like the rhythm of this song is so kind of, their own really you know what i mean it's, it's kind of unique to the dead this kind of like those walk-ups and you know kind of syncopated melody and stuff and it's it's great and and then bob's rhythm guitar i mean it's it's it, it makes me think chunky because it just sounds like, <laughs> yeah, like he's trouble chunking around. oh He's chunking. I mean, and it, but it sounds great, and it complements what Phil's doing. <laughs> <He's> and chunking, <laughs> baby, baby. Hey, that's offensive, um, baby. And hey. This is so cool. Uh, the year of '72 is because of the um, just a good board recording, and they they kind of remixed all this stuff too afterwards. Sure. Um, right, right, right. Which is why it sounds so damn good. Oh yeah, because yeah. this isn't all one no, one show. They're taking the best. Yeah, well, of each no, they're doing that, song. and yeah. they're overdubbing vocals and stuff too. They overdub vocals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they did. They yes, uh, they have to why? because if you listen to Live Dead, their their harmonies Sometimes, never sound this. You're good. right. They are. Oh, that's that's interesting. Well, are they, and they're at least bringing it, fixing the volume, making it all just kind of sound much smoother. That's an interesting. Like it would be amazing if they like Europe 70 because you kind of think of it like one show. You're like, oh my God, they're so good that night in Europe. Well, I knew it was well, different, and, but I didn't and, think about them really And Jerry the sounds so clean every word yes. he sings, which is also not, not the, the case, case in ever. every in every live. But they, they redid yeah. some of the vocals? Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling Jerry re-sang this. Or, oh, now do you it know? Almost or, sounds or, like he's oh, harmoni- <laughs> he's almost sounds like he's doing the harmony on it too. If you Are listen. you speculating? Or I'm speculating for sure. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Wait, wait. No, you're just speculating that Jerry recorded the vocals. The, the other stuff they did go back and mm-hmm. like. Well, of kinda, course they remixed they, it. No, I just they, 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 did, they did overdubs. They did retakes they, of vocals on some yeah, stuff. They did. I don't think everything, but they fixed. Right. If they really well, they did that down in song version, the same Zeppelin. You know, I mean, yeah. If they, they do if that. they crushed it musically one night, but not the vocals, just bring that, you know, back in. Yeah, like Kiss would go in and put an audience that actually fucking liked them. I mean, I guess people do like Kiss, but they actually fucking they would actually go in and dub an enthusiastic audience. <laughs> Another musical thing that stood out to me in this is, is, and this may be me looking for something that's not there, but the the keys in certain parts almost sound like a train whistle. The, like, the piano, especially the before they're yes, the, yeah. the, they're going before they going into uh, Brown Eyed Women. It just sounds like a whistle of a train well, almost, it's like organ. the notes yeah, you said. It's, it's not, great. It's, or is it a piano? Yeah, yeah, okay. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Organ, mm-hmm. keys, piano, all the same to me. <laughs> that white uh, thing. Those white things you bang on. <laughs> Pigpen's still playing on um, this, right? I, I don't think dead? he's playing on this. Uh, he was on this tour, but he died soon after uh, they, they released it. Well, let's... Oh, Keith, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Pigpen was playing... Oh, no, he was playing organ. If it's organ, then it's, it's Pigpen. That must be what it was, because huh. there's piano and organ. That's why it there's sounds both. so... It's both of them. Wild and mysterious. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah. what they're doing that's so unique and hard to do is they're... Everyone's playing, but everyone's staying out of each other's way, and it's you just—it's so hard to do that. They create a space by like defining the perimeter of it, and then the middle is open. It's just mm-hmm. so hard. And just—that's time spent playing yeah, together. That's from decades. They were, they were not decades, but years yeah. of playing together. Years of that's playing. That's what. Cre- cre- is it Kreischmann? Kreischmann? Kreutzmann, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, Kreutzmann, he's doing he's doing some some of his fucking fills and shit when he's come when he's bringing mm-hmm. it in, in or back. He's he's making his presence known. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people on stage. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening. Like, there's a lot of stuff happening, and it sounds so pretty. And like you said, it sounds there's a lot there's still space there, even with that well, many yeah, people on stage. And that could have something to do with the remixing. Yeah, definitely, and all yeah, but definitely. Picking it's, their part. It sounds right. it's it's the perfect recording of what we could hear and it's good too uh, along those lines just bob was such a good glue guy playing just staying yeah. out of jerry's way you know he had his time to sing and do some other stuff uh but you know just knowing his role and being so great at it was a big part of it no matter what the medium for fucking streaming or albums or record labels a band like the dead is proof like i mean proof in the sense they don't have to worry about what medium because if you're going out killing it live and they're just like they're so earnest in the sense they're just going to come out and play some damn good music and they have great, obviously amazing songs too. And they experiment, but like, it doesn't matter if it's streamed or how they're giving it away anyway. Like they're just like artists. They're like entrepreneur yeah. musicians. And well, cause they just, in, in a right. Sense. Right, yeah, right. They, they, to where like they, they didn't go record like your typical standard yeah. albums and, and well, stuff like that. Like, I think this was their first like, huge, yeah. like I think this album is still where, one like, of their best selling of all. I think it, it might be the best selling album of all time for them this was ambitious because they took a 16 track recorder with them the full tour and recorded everything (laughs) and and it's all just like it was meant to do this live album it's so cool like back then that they succeeded so well the stones had a truck like that what's kind of funny like i wonder how many people come to a grateful dead show in europe in 72 in germany like are there a lot of germans or are you just playing at like a bar it'd be so funny if this is a bar i mean there's like oh we're playing at the fucking Venus I mean, snap. at that point, at that point, they had three or four records. But were they big in Europe? I mean, they played in Europe. They got they have famous albums from Europe. But I, I, I think I think a lot of you know American bands got big in Europe, qu- probably quicker than they did in America. I just, I've never seen time. the Dead as an international kind well, of. Well, I think you know three years after three years after Woodstock, this was just the if if you were into the psychedelic yeah, right. rock, um, and the especially in London, band. like they already had right. a name. Right. Like fuck yeah, I'm going to see the Grateful Good. Dead. I wouldn't know how to recreate that sound. Like, I mean, I have to really go in there. Whereas most bands, you'd be like, well, he's kind of doing this, and he's kind of... Yeah, Jerry, this, yeah. Like, there's, something, there's something like... There's a little, you know, mysterious quality to what he's doing. It's, it's tough to nail. Some people can, but... And ironically... I think it'd almost be, uh, you're right, and you're totally right, but I think it'd almost be easiest to figure his part out. It's all the texture shit that, like, there's so yeah. many bits of things going on there. Just make it such a composition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, well, that, that brings us to appropriately titled in this episode, Vibe Time. Oh, God. Uh, cue hold cue on, the music in <laughs> three, <laughs> hold on, hold on. two, let me set the joke. One. <laughs> You always got to remember the choke in cold weather, boys. <laughs> oh, good God. Jonathan, yes. when do you want to hear this song? Anytime. Like, really, I'm just... Anytime. Because here's the thing. It does what great art does. Wherever I am, it takes me to where they are. Like, that's yeah. what... So it doesn't matter. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm sit at the airport. This is the kind of song I definitely want to hear at the airport. I'm just like, fuck. I'm so <laughs> at bored. At the airport. Just That'd sitting be a funny there, place like, to hear this song. Because this just makes you not there. <laughs> Like this takes you so LAX. So Jonathan's answer LAX. Neil, when do you want to hear this song? Um, because it's so fun to play, I want to hear it like at, around a campfire with some some friends playing some music, singing that chorus. Yeah, or camping in nice. general, even on a boombox. 
That's where I want to hit. There's nothing fun Hell about yeah. camping for me. I'm like, the setting up is fun. The leaving is atrocious. It's the worst thing. That's why I don't do it. I love hotel rooms. So. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, Jonathan. I can hear this anytime. Happy, sad, work, home, drinking, sober, with folks, alone, anytime. It's like, uh, it, because this song's so fun, I want to hear it when I'm doing coke off a of hooker's back. You know, it's like it just doesn't uh, matter. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, now that we're under the, well, now that we're just shooting under the influence, uh, <laughs> shooting all over the place. Jo- Jonathan, <laughs> you're gonna cut. You're gonna cut that. Hold out. it for the you're under the covers section, out. my friend. It's on top of the covers. Um, That's what Dylan meant when he said. <laughs> so, so what do you think this was influenced by? Influenced recommend recommendations of what you would want to listen to if you like this song, Jonathan. Oh, I've never thought of this before. I would say this is the kind of this feels like Tolkien, like. Sure. I think Hunter, as a writer, would have been influenced because this feels like the way The Hobbit has like, it's like a place and a time that is different, but it's not, <laughs> it's serious, but it's not, mm-hmm. you're not straight, it's not fucking Schindler's List. You know, it's, but it's serious, <laughs> but it's, and, and that's how this is. This feels like it's, yeah. Uh, what, what's that kind of, what's that genre called? Um, this feels like fantasy, new, oh, okay. fantasy like, but mm-hmm. yeah. by guys on acid in the West, go figure. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> how, you, how they got uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> to piggyback off that, I mean, just this song in general is kind of influenced by like Prohibition and that we already talked about. It kind of sounds like a Ken Burns documentary too, in some ways. You know, just kind of just that that old It'd sound be on there and telling yeah. these stories yeah. about yeah. Um, America. But musically, just I think bluegrass. This song specifically because of the storytelling and the bouncy kind of nature of it. So I would say more country western like this song just really strikes me as country western in a sense like i think it's it's roots music with country western like carter family jimmy rogers shit like that buck owens even not really but you know you get one you get the drift merle i think a song like this inspired you know anything from widespread panic to the drive-by truckers to uh a, a band that covered this from north carolina his golden messenger Felice Brothers, My Morning Jacket, Dr. Dog. I mean, really, any band that kind of does this with a with any sort of country rock, roots rock mm-hmm. flavor. Musically, Piano in a Saloon. Yeah. It's yeah. that, that oh, specific, mm-hmm. that specific branch of Western music. Yeah, because like you were it's saying, that. Josh, your, Listen, your neighbor yeah. used to, or your roommate used to play it on piano. It's mostly in guitar and the recording, but just that sound really nice on solo piano. And again, when I was listening to this all week, I was like, this is just, I could see this song being played in a saloon. Mm-hmm. Like just walking into a saloon, you know, in fucking Deadwood or, you know, in whatever, a town in, in the in 20s Westwood. In, in the West. <laughs> in West. No, Westworld. In Westworld, because in Westworld, they're yeah, playing oh, like, yeah. it's more, it's modern this absolutely Westworld. belongs in season four oh, of yeah, Westworld, yeah. although they're getting a little so futuristic you know who, you at know this who point. The other band I think did this, the Allman Brothers, where it's the South, but it's like the New South, and it's definitely of the South, but it's not mm-hmm, traditional. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a different it's a different side of the country doing similar it's, things. Right, it's it's the youth of a right of a storied of an old area, right, mm-hmm. yeah. versus a band from Canada trying to write about the South, which is <laughs> totally <laughs> inaccurate. I don't go to Canada and write band. songs about Maple Leafs. Once a podcast. I don't Get go up there and write songs about Canada. <laughs> and they would laugh at me like, you don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. They're citizens anyway. of the world, so, Jonathan. So, so, now, 
So now that we're that we're going to aggressively get under the covers, and, and this week it's not really under the covers. It's more like we're going to be talking about positions, and in this case, versions positions. of the song. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> positions under the covers slash versions of the song. Because when you're talking about the Grateful Dead, there's like 25 recorded versions. You mean 2,500 <laughs> recorded versions? <laughs> yes. Yeah, 2,500 on Spotify. Like actual it's count. not mixed as well as this one, but the Cornell 77. It's faster. It's, it's no. cool. I, I'm a sucker for this one. Jerry's guitar in that Cornell one is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oodles and oodles it's for sure. so good. It's yeah, good. that one's that one's okay. It's, it's the vibe. best of anything but Europe 72, but I can't... I love it so much more slow and deliberate, not disco brown-eyed girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see, I see um, that. Yeah, 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 And it's cool. Like, I can get into it. It just doesn't have that same vibe. It's a different song. When I hear those versions, you feel like you're just at more of a, a, a jammy, disco-y kind of dead show a little bit. It's like at the fucking Wing Ranch. <laughs> Yeah. Like, did, did you hear any? And just the way the, the way Jerry comes in, all like boom, ba, 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 boom, like he's hitting like a lot of. He's right off the bat, he's funky. You know what I mean? He's like, oh yeah, man, times were fucking terrible. It's amazing. <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> now, did did you listen to any others? Um, I did. I found one uh, that was in '77, actually, at Winterland. It was on YouTube, and they were still doing it. So they did a slow version, and they're crushing the music, but. Vocals, no bueno. Um, Jerry, I mean, that, Jerry that comes in you know. halfway through the first verse. <laughs> he he misses. So I listened to a bunch, and and yeah, that, the problem with a lot of them from like Dick's picks and stuff is the the harmonies and the vocals are just so not great. Right. <laughs> and 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 he misses, like he comes in late on the same verse in multiple. Oh yeah, different he even does, he does it in that Cornell. He kind of uh, misses the first line, or he's walking up to the mic. It's saying, Jonathan, what other versions I mean, you I've got? I mean, I've just heard a bunch of versions of this one, and this one always stands out. I mean, it's always fun. It's always good because it's a good song. But this one is definitely like, it. this is, you know, yeah. the one. Um, I, mean, cause I just have tons of versions of it. No, I was just wondering, Jonathan, have you ever played it? I'm surprised we never tried it. I'm surprised we should have played it. Uh, yeah. I haven't. No, I haven't. Because it's so fun. I, I So just real quick, though, covers His Golden. Th- there was an album release where a mm-hmm. bunch of modern indie s- s- type bands uh, did a bunch of dead covers and his golden messenger did the cover of brown eyed women. And it, it's, it's very good. Yes, it is pretty good. The only other covers I found that were not bluegrass dead oh, yeah. or jamming in the van dead <laughs> or whatever. The There's all these bands that are like, you know, well, jamming in the van's a cool series. It's like, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I'm just mate. There was just a mm-hmm. bunch of names that ended oh, yeah, dead yeah, yeah, yeah. that covered this song. I'm like, I'm not listening to all these. Or Dead and Company, hey, you know. That, like, hey, they did it oh justice, I think. <laughs> it's, it's nothing special, but it sounds good. <laughs> does John Mayer sing? Yeah, he sure does. Does John Mayer yeah. sing this? I'll pass. So the other one was Trampled by Turtles did it, which it sounds like a Trampled by Turtles song. So in saying that, does how does a shoe fit, Jonathan? Yeah, it definitely feels, fits. I have a pair of boots I bought in college. It's like my second year of college, I'm just plain old brown leather boots and like i've just had them resold to death i've worn through europe and stuff and like yeah it's one of those things where like it seems so simple but you can't make a boot that looks or fits like that and so these all <laughs> these fit like my old cowboy boots nice neil the shoe fits very well and i i'll say it fits like that big brown clown shoe stepping over the world on the cover of europe 72 Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it fits like a tie-dyed pair of Crocs. 
Uh, <laughs> you guys I had a pair of landscaping Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> it fits like a like a like a hoodie with the sleeves cut to short sleeve. No, no, I, I would say it fits like a cowboy boot with a splash of tie dye. Oh my Whoa. god, how does that Captain work? Fantastic <laughs> or, or the Dirt Brown Cowboy? A splash of tie dye. Yes, Captain Fantastic <laughs> and the Dirt Brown Cowboy. That is, <laughs> that is how this fits. Nice, it nice. fits like a Dirt Brown Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna quote you on that one. Fits like a dirt You're gonna push cowboy. How hard are you gonna push me? Uh, <laughs> How hard do you want me to push you, Josh? You want me to push you harder? <laughs> you sounded like Shia LaBeouf right there in a movie. I no, I sound like Shia LaBeouf in real life, like actual Shia LaBeouf. That's why he got in trouble for talking like that. <laughs> I just sound like Shia LaBeouf. Full stop. And on that note, <laughs> thank you for listening to Podcast Rock and Roll to you. Uh, we're going to play a cover of the Grateful Dead's Brown-Eyed Women. Gone are the days when the ox fall down Take up the yoke and plow the fields around Gone are the days when the lady said, please, Gentle Jack Jones, won't you come to me? Brown-eyed women in red grenadine, the bottle was dusty, but the liquor was clean. Sound of the thunder with the rain pouring down, and it looks like the old man getting on. 1920 when he stepped to the bar Drank to the dregs of the whiskey jar 1930 when the walls caved in Made his way selling red-eyed gin Thunder with the rain pouring down 
it looks like the old man's getting on Tumble down shack on Bigfoot County Snowed so hard that the roof caved in Delilah Jones went to meet her guy And the old man never was the same again Daddy made whiskey and he made it well Cost two dollars and it burned like hell I cut hickory just to fire the still Drink down a bottle and be ready to kill Thunder with the rain pouring down And it looks like the old man's getting on Gone are the days when the ox fall down Take up the yoke and plow the fields around Gone are the days when the lady said please Gentle Jack Jones, won't you come to me The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Neil Marsh. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to You. Please subscribe and rate on Apple and Spotify. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is Josh's week. So, Josh, what will we be discussing? We will be discussing Dolly Parton's Jolene. Can't wait! <laughs>